right, welcome to the I Can't Deal With This podcast. We got week episode 13. Uh, we got week 14 coming up. Guys, how was your how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was good, man. Ate a lot of food, you know. Had had some good rice. Yeah, yeah. Boy, had, got some soup. Got some soup. What what you eat for Thanksgiving? Uh, mac and cheese. Always had. Obviously, out of the rice, we had jello rice. I had. Uh, I actually had uh, jello rice. Jello rice. What is that? I don't know. It's it's orange. The rice is orange, <laughs> but it tastes good. <laughs> And uh, I had um, what's it called? Banana pudding for the first time. Dude, Ooh. banana pudding's good. Yeah, dude, get some, I had it for get the some first vanilla, time. Vanilla wafers in it. Yeah. Adam, what, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great, man. Um, I wanted to talk. To, I wanted to go see my grand gram down in Durham. Um, and um, yeah, man, I got some good food. Um, I got some okay desserts while I was in Durham. But when I got back to Charlotte, um, Alicia. You know, my girlfriend, she surprised me with a, a full pecan pie to myself. And you guys know how I love pecan pie. Man, so. pecan pie was his fourth thing on the Mount Rushmore and, my, and his and honorable, honorable mention. There. So, yeah, I ate it within um, 17 hours. It was awesome. <laughs> it was it was truly amazing. I honestly thought you were going to say 17 seconds or 17 minutes. Nah. I ate it 17 hours. I was really, really debating dropping Alicia and going to go get her grandma because the way that pecan pie tasted. I'm but, weak. You know. But, yeah, Jacob, what about you? Did you get your <laughs> chocolate cake? Man, it was – oh, man. I got, like, four or five pieces of the chocolate cake. Um, I, Dude, I had some of the best ham that I've had in years. Aunt Sylvia put that thing down? No, it wasn't Aunt Sylvia. It was Aunt Pamela. Oh. Dude, <laughs> hey, Aunt Bay. Shout out to Aunt Bay, Aunt boy. Bay. Hey. I don't know what you put in that ham, but that ham was hidden, boy. But man, it was good. It was good. It was, good. was it was nice to have a little bit of time off, kind of sleep in a little bit, and not have to wake up at five thirty. So True. it was it was nice. But dude, how did y'all enjoy? Did did y'all watch any of the games during Thanksgiving? You know, I watched the Saints game. You know, I watched the game. The game. Saints, the Aints. Yeah, I was y'all, I was tuned into that Bills game. Dude, that was a pretty good. I think that was dude, a good game. Cole Beasley's revenge game. Pretty I much, mean, and he looked really good. He looked really good against the Cowboys. <clears throat> the Cowboys have just been really disappointing this year. I I just don't understand. Um, you know, there was like breaking news, like the Cowboys were arguing or something. Like after it was Michael Bennett. Apparently, he was giving a passionate. Uh, he was yelling. He was <laughs> a, a passionate. Um, I guess after game speech. I guess Maybe. which is crazy because. Michael Bennett literally just got there like four like four weeks a month ago, and cause he got traded from the Patriots. And which is crazy, you have some newcomer giving you a speech, and then apparently Jerry was a little wet eyed, crying and stuff after they lost to the Bills. And the game, the I think the game was about eight points, but the Bills definitely were like they dominated. They definitely yeah. were the team. It looks like Josh Allen. It looks like Josh Allen has everything together. Yeah. N- I I know that Cole Beasley, like when he left the Cowboys, did, like everybody was he was trash talking and it was very much a revenge game. Everybody calls it a revenge game. Were things that bad between like the downfall of Cole Beasley and the Cowboys? No, I think a revenge game is anything where you know your team didn't give you a new contract or you you know. Um, I I think the Cowboys didn't give Cole Beasley a new contract. And he went through the Bills, which, you know, he's the number one receiver there, which is crazy. 
Cole Beasley being number one, kind of weird saying out loud. But yeah, I, I, I just didn't know if it was a, like, Earl Thomas, like how Earl Thomas kind of just, like, put oh, the yeah. bird up to the Seahawks. Yeah. Put yeah. the bird up to the Seahawks and, like, flicked them off. I didn't know if it was that kind of thing or if it was, like, a just first time in which he's come back and played the Cowboys yeah. since he left. It was definitely that. Um, Ed Oliver and the rest of that defense looks really good. Their pass rushing looks amazing. Dak, I mean, Dak has some big turnovers. He had a, a fumble, threw an interception. Um, Zeke didn't look. Guys, I just want to say Zeke d- does not look like the Zeke of the first three years we've seen. Like, he does not look. He doesn't look really explosive. He looks really slow. He looks I don't know, though. He, there were there – were, he didn't do as much as I thought he was going to, but there were about three or four times in which he broke away for yeah. like 20, 30 yards. But the, I, I agree. The first three years, Zeke, it would have been – he would have been gone not getting caught yeah, at the 50-yard line. He a couple 20, 30-yard runs this year. Like that year one, he was having 20, 30 yards every single game. And hey. That yeah, was, was when he went, went to Cuba, Dominican Republic. Cuba. Cuba. Yeah, I was expecting to see, like, red bucket Zeke this game. Yeah. But, oh, I thought I was too. But <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't get that really. And and the Cowboys, they scored, they scored, they scored first. Um, old man Jason Wooden. And, then and they that, went down in, like, less than two, three minutes. And went down, scored. And I was like, this is going to be a runaway game for the Cowboys. And then – they had that seven points for like three quarters, yeah. in which that was all they had. Yeah, Doug McDermott, you know, um, he can't, he's the offensive defensive coordinator for the Panthers. I think that year they went fifteen and one, but he, you know, he went with the Bills the first year. They went nine and seven, made the playoffs. They didn't. I think they went like five and eleven last year, but this year they're nine and three. They're looking like a really, a really they're like a team in the AFC, and you know the Patriots are ten and two. They're only a game. They're only a game behind the Patriots, which but the like the Bills are hot off momentum. The Patriots, as we saw this week, didn't look good. good. No. Like, and I know that the Texans and Deshaun Watson's great. Like, I'm not bashing Deshaun Watson by any means, but the Patriots just as a whole didn't look good. And I know that the scoreboard might have said that they only lost by like three or four points. I think they lost. I think it was like twenty eight. 22 something like six. that so by but, a score but but it's like yeah. it was literally they the Patriots scored like twice in the last like five minutes but previously to that it was pretty much like 28 it was 27 28, 28 14 it was 28 9 at the beginning of, I think at the beginning of, of, of the fourth and so yeah the Patriots their offense doesn't have like like they don't put fear in like any defense yeah no. like Julian Edelman He's doesn't look like himself. Obviously, Tom Brady doesn't look like himself. Sony Michelle is still pretty young, so I mean, they don't really have like I don't know. There's their skill positions overall haven't produced like I thought they would at yeah. the beginning of the year. And with a Tom that was a Tom like a Tom Brady that was like you know a twenty a two thousand nine two thousand ten Tom Brady would have definitely done done some things with this lineup, but like. Tom's old. If anything, Tom needed Tom, Tom needed receivers to step up this year. We thought Antonio Brown was going to be it when the kill when the kill Harry, uh, the kill Harry, and like Sony Michelle and Julian Edelman, but it's not panned out. 
Um, I think they're going to get a first round bye, but I don't see the Patriots doing what they usually do. I don't see them making the playoffs this year. No, I don't. Well, not either. playoffs, the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, but continuing on with those Thanksgiving games, Adam, your Saints, your Saints versus the Falcons, the Dirty Birds, the Dirty Birds. We got. It was a good game, man. I we definitely looked at the better team this year. Um, this week, something I love about Sean Payton and Drew Brees is like. That's one of the greatest quarterbacks, coach, coaches, quarterback tandem ever. You know, you know, we got sacked the first time, 26-9, the first game. We got sacked six times. So, this game, like, the play, the game plan was simply get the ball out. One, two, three. We had both our starters on the left side of the offensive line were gone. And so, we had, you know, one, we had rookie and second-year player over there, which you're not. I'm not calling them bad, but they're not, you know, our starters. And Drew Brees was just one, two, three, out, one, two, three, out. He never let them get to him. And it was a really good game. Matt Ryan threw a couple picks. My boy Cam Cam Jordan got four sacks. And, yeah, and Matt Ryan, I think it came to the thing, Matt Ryan was just doing too much. Yeah. Uh, there was a – I think there was a third and, like, five where he ran for the first down, and he tried to, like, jump or whatever. He fumbled. <laughs> he got hit and fumbled the ball. Then he got stiffed on him. <laughs> it was just <laughs> – Matt Ryan's had a really, really bad Thanksgiving night. Well, I, I thought – I think that that is a mark of a good coach or a great coach in which you take the blows and you lose to a team which you really shouldn't have lost to. Mm-hmm. But the next game, when you verse them, you make the mistakes, you make the corrections in which you did, which you made, such as having – getting sacked six times. Yeah, and holding the and, ball too long. And yeah. holding the ball too long. And that's like – that's something that Bill Belichick has done. That's something that Sean Payton has done. And that's what something that a lot of other great coaches, that separates the good from the great. Dude, I, I, I thought it was going to be a game, though, with them, uh, the onside kicks. Dude, yeah, the onside I, kicks, man. I was hoping it would have been a game, dude. Yeah, man. I, the first onside kick, they called the guy offsides, which he wasn't offsides, but they threw the flag anyways. Then the second onside kick, they got that. Then they went down and scored, and they got a third onside kick, and I was like, "Bro, I don't know." And and then we had Al, we had Alvin Kamara, a guy with great hands. He it wasn't it wasn't that like the ball was going off his hands. He just wasn't getting to the ball in time. Like, but and that's another guy. I love Alvin Kamara, but he's just not been himself this year. He looks kind of sluggish and slowish. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But back, hey. I think one one more quick thing about Sean Payton, like all the. All the teams, majority of the teams, I feel like they're going to make the playoffs this year. The Niners, Seahawks, the Cowboys, um, uh, the Bears. We've all played. The, the Saints have all played. Not the Bears. Ooh, not the, the Bears? Bears. <laughs> I, was, dude, I was like, what? Whoa, not the Bears. But I feel like we have we have at least three teams that have potential to make the playoffs. Seahawks, 49ers, and the Cowboys, who the Saints, played here, Saints have played or are going to play in the regular season. And so, I just like that because, you know, Sean, Sean Payton is looking to defenses and Dennis Allen is looking at the offenses and seeing what we can do. And we just are so good at adjusting the second time around. And I just I just think, man, I know, like, Minnesota Miracle and the no call, but I think this is our year. I just don't see anything that can happen to us, really. Um, I just think things is, yeah. I mean, you took the first step. I mean – uh, my l- beloved 49ers, y'all took the first seed from them. Man, the 49ers went from first 
to third in the NFC. Well, oh, technically, yes, technically we're the technically seed, we're yeah. the fifth seed, but we because the Seahawks beat us, they're the number two seed, and now we have to. The only chance we have right now is a wild card spot, and so man, it was bad. But I mean, to me though, kind of going off, kind of going to the Ravens 49ers game. Even though the 49ers lost, and I think that the Ravens really were kind of a superior team. Do we step? We stuck with them, and that to me is like, it it shows more to me that they came in and they worked hard, and that they came in and like stuck with a Ravens Lamar Jackson MVP caliber person than coming in and getting blown out, kind of like the Patriots did. And something I noticed about that game too is that um, y'all were really the first team that kind of like showed Lamar Jackson that like we're not afraid of you, like. We're not afraid to hit you. You could do this, like that reporter said to LeBron, the Rasmus Scooby to do. You could do, <laughs> you could do all that, but like we're we're not going to be afraid to hit you. So I think that, like, was a good sign for y'all. I think out of all the teams, the other than their losses, like y'all really played like, you know, the best against them. Yeah, you, I, you guys did. The one thing, the one thing that, the one thing the Baltimore Ravens do. And, like, it's really good. They're a good running team, so they limit the possessions of their opposing teams. Well, you guys are a good running team as well, so you guys limit the possessions as well. So, it was a really good game. I know a lot of people were calling it the the, the Super Bowl, I guess, 54 preview. I don't think that's going to happen. But if that was to happen, I would love to see a round two between, between those two teams. Yeah, and I think, I mean – that's kind of where we go back to that good coach versus great coach. Is Kyle Shanahan or John Harbaugh, are they going to learn from their mistakes and adjust if there is a round two? But kind of going back quickly, Adam, to your to your Saints, dude, Taysom Hill went off, man. Yeah, man. He dude. Def- he, definitely got a, he definitely got a turkey leg um, Thursday. Hey, he, he needs to get two, first, three, however many he <laughs> yeah. needs. I mean, I mean, first, first – First drive for the Falcons, I think it was three and out, and I think no, I think it was like they they got, I think they got a first down. Then it was like a three and out after that, and we blocked the punt. And they just after that block punt, I think it took the air out of the the Mercedes Benz Falcons Falcons dome. Like they got really quiet, and then you know the Saints, Louisiana and Georgia is not too far away. For the course, of course, the Saints fan traveled, and he got that block punt. Then, you know, he did like a little shuffle pass, a little touch pass to Tyson Hill to get the score. Then he's, you know, he comes in and does like a quarterback blast and like scores again. And Tyson Hill, man, I just think he's, I think he's amazing, man. Like, I personally think that he has to be one of the top utility players, like true utility players of all time because, like, I, I can't remember Adam you might know the statistics but I looked out look at the at the breakdown of like him as quarterback him as tight end him at wide receiver him at running back and they're literally like pretty much all the same yeah he, and, yeah the guy, I mean he just he just is everywhere man like and I really love him he, you know he's people are sat down with him and he's like you know my thing is to do whatever Sean needs me to do yeah. and um, that's all you want in a player. Yeah, that's all you want in a player. And his goal is to become better and better and better because, you know, if you're a quarterback on the Saints, you are a potential heir to Drew Brees automatically. And that's what he's, he's like, I'm trying to 
develop into a, a better quarterback so I could possibly be an heir when Drew Brees leaves. You well, know what I mean? the, so Taysom Hill is definitely a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type thing. Would you rather be a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, or would you be – Like specialty at one thing? Yes, a specialty at one thing. Because personally for me, I would love to be like – a. and to me when I played football, I was of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. Of like I enjoy having that mental aspect of like – when I played offensive line, I played center, guard, and tackle, like on a regular basis. And so having that ability to play any position, kind of like Taysom Hill, he can be a quarterback, he can he can be a tight end, he can be a running back, he can do anything. Teams, yeah. um, and so I think that that's really cool. Now that's probably not going to be the most money maker of like you're not going to get as much money as Tom Breeze or Tom Breeze, uh, Drew Breeze or Tom Brady doing that. But I think well, what do you think, Gabe? Do you think you would rather be a specialty player of just a quarterback or a jack of all trades player. I mean, if if I was like special at one thing, and I was like considered one of the best at it, like in the NFL at it, then I would choose that. But like jack of all trades, like they're I f- they're like so respected. Like Taysom Hill is like one of the most respected players in the league, and it's a good like narrative also because like you any team wants you like what there's I don't think there's a team in the NFL that wouldn't want Taysom Hill so I mean I think jack of all trades oh for sure and the thing someone said something I think it was Shannon Sharp Taysom Hill is basically what Tim Tebow would have been if he would have turned if he would have been a tight end in New England (laughs) like but he wanted to be quarterback but like if he would have stayed and like Ben Josh 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 McDaniels like offense and like listen to Bill Belichick on defense and stuff. He could have been Taysom Hill, but no. Now he's on a triple triple A team. Is he still with the Mets? Yeah, he's on a uh, yeah. He's still on a triple A team. He should, dude. They should just Tim, move him up just to get yes, some money, dude. <laughs> Tim Tebow. If I I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but like if Tim Tebow gets called up to the majors, my first thing, my, my next paycheck. Is to buy a Tim Tebow jersey because I love the idea of like him going and like he hadn't played baseball since high school and yeah. he just comes in and is like I'm gonna follow my dreams and now I don't think he's a, as good as a I don't think he's good enough to be an MLB player and so I can see where other people are coming from of like he shouldn't be taking the spots of other people in which are more worthy but I think that it's a great story but um. Kind of going off of some, we we talked about it a little bit, but some major storylines from Week 13, um, some breaking news that happened today in the beloved Carolinas, Ron Rivera out as head coach, Gabriel Hoff. What do you feel about that, dude? I I was surprised. Um, <laughs> I really, you? I really, cause I just why. I mean, like, I could have seen it in the offseason. I, I agree. I, I wasn't expecting it right now. And to me, that's like a move in which, like, like to fire somebody midseason as, like, a first, second-year coach, which he hasn't established himself. Like, if you don't have the decency to fire me, like, after I finish a season, like, to me, that's disrespectful for somebody like Ron Rivera, who's been there for what? Nine years. Nine years, yeah. So, it – 
to me, that's a little bit disrespectful. I would I would be a little upset if I was Ron Rivera, but everybody kind of saw it coming to some extent. Yeah, and I mean, he's been he's been without or he's been with a hurt Cam Newton for the past couple years. Luke Keekley's missed time with all those concussions. Uh, I mean, it's it's sad, man. Like, it's, well, I definitely think I definitely think I'm kind of with you. I think they could have kept them until the end of the season, see what was going on, and then, you know, kind of sat back and be like, okay, guys, let's look at our options. Let's sit in the coaching corrals. But I think it's a David Tepper thing, man. I mean, David Tepper, when people come into new things and, like, they can be anywhere. You know, we see it in the White House. We see it in with, with people from other teams. We see it. We see it with new bosses and stuff too. If they come in, and like, like David Tepper probably coming in, like these people are all Jerry Richardson's people. Like these people, they have no, they have no loyalty to me, loyalty to me at all. These are Jerry's people. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't hire Ron. I didn't draft Cam. I didn't draft C Mac. I didn't draft Luke. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't bring North Turner in. That's all Jerry Richardson people. And you know. And I think he wants his own people in there. He wants his own coach. He can be loyal to. I think, and I think with Ron leaving now, I think that Cam Newton, his little slither of a chance of being back in Carolina next year, I think that's gone now without without Ron. And I think he just wants his own front office. He wants his he wants his team. You know, nobody wants to come in and have something of someone else's. You know. Yeah, so. dude, I. I want Cam Newton and Ron Rivera to the Bears. I want to see that happen. I mean, yeah. Matt Nagy, I mean, I think he I think he's going to keep his job. Yeah. I think he's a good coach. But I don't know. He's a first year he's a first year coach and the Bears haven't performed. So, second year coach? Second year coach, yep. But oh, still yeah. like he he's still a young coach. Um but the question is is when is enough enough? When is enough enough? Like that transition. I mean, we're quick Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, I mean, the first year he went 11 and my bad. He he went eleven five his first season, and I just think, I I think people are looking at their GM for drafting Mitch Trubisky and not Matt Nagy for not well under well not the offense for underperforming. Yeah. So let's see a, a new quarterback. We'll see what the um what the Bears can do. Uh, maybe it might be Cam. I mean, I might go to Chicago and try out. I think I got a nice arm. So so. <laughs> Yes, you should you should definitely try out. I think I'll be nasty, dog. I think I'll be a great. Fun fact: Adam one time (laughs) threw a ball (laughs) into our flag football game and hit the opposing center (laughs) in the forehead. Bro, I was a fool, man. I'm a fool, man. I could be, but like you said, when is enough enough? So, buddy, you're you're a big NBA guy. If a coach isn't performing, when is enough enough? So, what are kind of the circumstances in which a coach is probably going to be fired? I think it all comes down to, like, consistency or, like, the bad for that. Like, insanity. I'm going to use the word insanity. So, like, for example, um, say you have a coach, a.k.a. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni was the coach for the Phoenix Suns during Steve Nash's run or, like, a few years during Sneed Vassar's run, and they would constantly make the playoffs but would never hit that next step. And so that's when I think enough is enough for a head coach when he keeps – he can 
it's like this he does the same thing but doesn't make any difference and that leads to the team's downfall now a good example of that could be with the warriors because um during young steph curry and clay thompson's days mark jackson when he was their coach he he gave, he led them to a top five defense in the league but their offense he wasn't like living up the offense up to their potential and that's where Steve Kerr comes in so I think enough was enough with that because they had like the two like at the time it was the two greatest seasons in Warriors history I think I think they hit 50 and 60 plus wins in both those seasons but they needed the offense so I think enough is enough for the NBA at least when like a coach is constantly leading them to the playoffs and losing, and also when a coach is constantly losing overall, like at the bottom of the standings year after year. Um, I definitely agree with you, and I think Mark Jackson. I think also with the I think I think the offense is coming around. But I think Mark Jackson. I think he was fired for other reasons as well, political yeah. reasons. Yeah. But I what, think yeah. What what's what's it like for the NFL, Adam? Well, what we'll, like let's let's finish the NBA. Um, I, no, I just think no. I think if you're a, a tanking team, or not a tank, or a rebuilding team, and your young players are not progressing to be like better players, if I don't see any like any like progression, like anyone getting better, or anyone, or us winning, competing a little bit, you know what I mean? That's why I feel like someone needs to go, especially if we we rebuilding. Um, but like Jacob said, NFL. I mean. I think the NFL comes out to a few things. I think, I think, I think if you're rebuilding and like we don't see at least a frame or a structure of something coming up, I think you need to go. So like, like, like Hugh Jackson a couple years ago when they went on sixteen, and then no, they went one and fifteen, and they went on sixteen. He shouldn't have started that. First. He shouldn't. He shouldn't even been a coach when Baker got drafted. He should have been fired because. We don't see anything coming up. You know what I mean? The defense was still kind of sorry. Baker getting drafted was, you know. But I don't think that was a Hugh Jackson thing. Because Hugh Jackson, he had came out after and saying he wanted Sam Darnold. So I think I think with the NFL, I think losing losing games, you should losing close games, I think that can definitely get a coach fired. Getting blown out, that can get a coach fired. If we've given you big money to perform and you haven't just simply haven't performed and we've given you players, we've given you players and talent and coaches and you're just like not doing it, then you need to get fired. If the team has no discipline, if you, if the coach is not keeping players in check, like there's a lot of players getting in trouble, um, then you need to get fired. And I think one of the, I think one of the, one of the examples for that is Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, like, like, how long has he been head coach with the Cowboys? Like, I think like ten years or something like that. Yep. Jason Garrett should have been gone before Ron been Rivera. Gone. Yeah, way gone. Like, and that's definitely another like. Jerry's like, oh, Jason, that's my boy. That's like the son I never had, even though he has a couple sons. But like, 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 okay, Jerry, like your son is not winning y'all games. You know what I mean? Y'all son. Is the reason why the Cowboys like are always in the headlines with you know Ezekiel Elliott and getting in trouble and stuff. So 
that's my thing. What about you, Jake? MLB? So for baseball, I think that it's all based on the market in which you're in. If you're a Padres or you're a small market team like the Angels, you're able to kind of just maneuver around for a couple years, four, five, six, hell, maybe even ten years sometimes um, if you're a small market team. But if you're a big market team like a Red Sox, like the Mets, they want you to win right now. Um, and they don't care about your your plan for rebuilding. If you don't get them to a championship or at least have a solid foundation of like a good farm system like the Astros, like the Cubs had a couple of years ago, I think that it, you're, you're out. But to me, the idea of the manager is so – it's not the same as it is for the NFL and it's not the same as it is for the NBA, mainly because this year – in these past couple of years, th- this is like the first time in which, like, you have former players like David Ross, in which is the Cubs manager, <laughs> in which retired two years yeah, ago, that was on the 2016 Cubs team. You have Carlos Beltran, who's the uh, he's the manager for either the Yankees or the Mets. I can't remember which one, but he retired last year yeah. like it and like i get it like you want to have things fresh you want to have things new but i feel like this especially in the mlb things are starting to change away from a joe madden or a conventional mine um kind of like a joe tory or something like that away from that and moving towards like a I hate to say it, but like a player manager in which like we could honestly within the next couple of years see somebody that was like Babe Ruth was, which was the manager and, and a player. player. So like you, you never know. And I think stuff like that, like, like David Ross, like if I'm – who's one of your players? I'm drawing blank. Anthony Rizzo. Okay, if I'm Anthony Rizzo and if David Ross is like, Anthony Rizzo, I want you to start doing this. Then like instead of doing that, well, how, how do we not know if Anthony Rizzo will be like, bro? I was better than you. I always will be better than you. Well, to me, come to me. me, it's the exact opposite of like when David Ross has to make hard decisions. Like, dude, Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant are boys with David Ross, mm-hmm. and like that's great and all. But say for instance, Chris Bryant isn't performing, or Anthony Rizzo isn't performing. Like, I don't see David Ross. Being to one of his best friends, being on the Cubs, being like, hey, you just got traded to the Dodgers. Yeah. And, like, I just don't see it happening. And there's going to be, like, some bias. And it's the same thing with Carlos Beltran and a lot of other, like, young managers. Like, if you look at, I think it was the 2006 or 2007 All-Star team, all of the people on, like, the AL All-Star team are now managers in the MLB. <laughs> and that's just, like, wild to me yeah. of, like, the the kind of old order of a Joe Torrey, of a Joe Madden. These conventional managers are kind of becoming outdated. And it's becoming – but to me, the manager isn't – the isn't, it isn't – it's more of, like, a position – like, you can change the outcome of a game, but, like, a good play yeah. in the NFL can change a game. A good play in the NBA can change a game. Yeah. MLB, it's mano a mano. There's yeah. really no spot for a manager other than, like, sealing bases or giving signs or something like and that. And, like, with and like with the NFL, like, there's game plan. You can change up some stuff that you did last week. But baseball is kind of like, like – we might change up the shift 
for one player or like you might go back from another player or something like that but like you're not really changing up anything in the MLB same thing with basketball you might do different zones or whatever like that or somebody else might hit the ball down instead of someone else but you're not really like MLB you're not really changing up anything yeah and I I do want to say something else um I was just saying how like Jason and Jerry are like so close like Jason Garrett has been in the Cowboys organization for a really long time. I just want to let you guys know, Jason Garrett was the backup quarterback for Troy Aikman when they won three Super Bowls. So, like, yeah, like, mm. so I think, I think that's where Troy it, Aikman becomes the head coach yeah. next year. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw this meme. It was like fire, fire Jason Garrett and hire Tony Romo, and I'm like. If I'm back, I'm be like, bro. I beat you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even come at me. But I, I want to get your take on one thing. Um, another one in which is on the hot seat, and it's not in kind of any of our sports, which we just talked about. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh? I mean, he's kept the Michigan Wolverines in like in the playoff hunt every year he's been there, but he's been 0-5 oh, oh against Ohio, uh, Ohio, oh, State, Ohio State, yeah. and he's – I think, he's pretty one, much, I think he's one and three against Michigan State. He hasn't been playing. Yeah, well like all the all the rivals he's faced, he's pretty much not lived up to the challenge. So, do you think that this is his last year for the Michigan Wolverines, or do you think he's still got a little bit more time? I love Jim Harbaugh. For fun fact, the reason why I love the 49ers is because Jim Harbaugh was their head coach. So, I'm always for Jim Harbaugh wherever he goes. But 0 and five against Ohio State in the Ohio State. Michigan rivalry is so storied as it is. Yeah. It is the Duke and Carolina of oh, yeah. college football. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but Jim kind of when he when he was kind of brought into the the 49ers, that team was kind of already established. He kind of just needs someone at the head of the of the, you know, of the boat, I guess, or the head of the train or whatever. Um yeah, I just I love I like Jim as well. I think he's a great coach. Um I think he made a really great decision when he put I'm not saying Alex Smith I love Alex Smith as well, but I think he made a really great decision when he put Colin in over Alex Smith. I hated that decision. Yeah, a lot of people did, but I think Colin made the I think Colin made the big plays that Alex Smith was never gonna make, which I mean Yeah, but I think I think everything worked out because 49ers made the Super Bowl. Al Smith got to the Chiefs and had a lot of success there. But I I think, though, the one thing that people don't give Jim Harbaugh credit for, and to me was huge, is that Jim Harbaugh, like, before he got to the 49ers, like, yes, they had a good foundation, but Alex Smith sucked. Yeah, he wasn't Like, the greatest, yeah. Alex Smith was seen by some to be the biggest bust since Ryan Leaf, like a lot of people thought that he was just a wash, he was a bust. But when Jim Harbaugh came in, he turned it around for yeah. uh, Alex Smith, yeah, which to me is huge. Because Jim Harbaugh, he's one one thing to say about Jim Harbaugh is like he's a hard coach. He's gonna put, he's gonna bring the best out of you. And I just think, I don't know. I just think Jim. I think one, I think one thing about the difference between like football. NFL and college is recruiting. A lot of those Michigan players, they're going across the border to Ohio or they're going to Michigan State. 
And, like, these great players, they're not coming to Michigan. Which is, is why he's not – why, like, it's just not working out for him. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what – like, Ohio State is just a flat-out better team than them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been day. like that. Um, I thought last year Michigan was definitely the better team. But, yeah, I think you're right. I just think Ohio State is, this year is just strictly better – Better than so, do you think that this is his last year as the Michigan Wolverine head coach? I I think he's such a big name. I think he'll get one more year. Okay, I agree. You um, agree? I, yeah. I do want to t- touch on something um, earlier. Did you say I called you when Ron got fired, tragically, and um, you were saying that you think Anthony Lynn for the Chargers needs to get fired as well. Yeah, I think that for Anthony Lynn, um, I just see that he has so much talent around him and that it doesn't make logical sense to me that he has Derwin James, Nick Bosa. Um, he has Joey. Uh, jo- Joey Bosa, my bad. Um, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Austin Eckler. Uh, he has all these stars in which are on the Chargers team, and yet they're still not performing the way that they should. Now, I agree that Phillip Rivers has not held up his end of the bargain, but to me, that has like blame starts and ends with the head coach. I think that's if anything, that's why Anthony Lynn needs to be fired because, like, you gotta be that coach to be like, Phil, I know you've been here and you've done so much for us. But no, bro, no. <laughs> like, I think the backup quarterback is like Tyrod Taylor. I know one thing about Tyrod. Tyrod's not going to throw the ball for 400 yards, but Tyrod's not going to turn the ball over. Not he won't fumble, and he's not going to throw interceptions. And if you, if you, I think if you put Tyrod in, you'll get your running game started with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. And I, I think I was told just earlier. I think the thing, same thing with Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Bro, you made Odell Beckham Jr. not even in a talk with top five receivers this season, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, Jarvis Landry, a top ten receiver. Haven't been heard of. David Joku, he hurt his neck. Um, he hurt his neck, so he, I think I think a top five tight end, he's been kind of quiet because he hurt his neck this year. He hasn't really playing. But Baker, guys, for Baker in Vegas, he was, like, number one in the odds to win the MVP this year. This man has 15 – Touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Yeah. That is ridiculous. I think I think the I think the Odell fight Marlon uh, Marlon Humphreys at the beginning of the season. I think Miles Garrett uh uh, uh Doinkin um Mason Rudolph <laughs> on the head this uh, a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. I think um I think the interceptions that Baker's throwing I think it's just Curtis Kitchens has no discipline, and it's sad because it's sad because this offense looked so great at the end of the season last year. The defense is coming together and stuff, and they just haven't played well. And it's sad because like Odell, like this is prime being wasted. Pretty much, yeah. This is years. This is years. Odell's like, you know what I mean? Like, what's the point of me being young and you know can make one hand catches and stuff if we're not winning? Another thing is. His offense, like, why are we still throwing the ball if Nick Chubb, I think, I think after this week, after this weekend, Nick Chubb's the leading rusher in the NFL. Yes. And you have Kareem Hunt. Like, why are you still passing the ball? Like, 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 Baker, 
with him throwing, throwing interceptions like that, he should not be throwing the ball over 30 times. Hand the ball to Nick. Hand the ball to each other. And I understand Baker's the number one overall pick and all this crazy. And, like, Baker's the savior and this is and that. But, like, bro, like, if something's working, keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And I just think the Freddie Freddy Kitchen experiment, I think that's over. I think Odell, I think he needs to go and get traded somewhere else. I don't think yeah. Odell needs to be there anymore. Well, kind of going back, uh, so I completely agree. I don't know why Odell is not in the top five conversation. Uh, Odell is one of the best, ta- most, ta- I would argue one of the most talented wide receivers, like top three most talented wide receivers in this league right now. Um, but the the idea is like Freddie Kitchens needs to be out. Um I don't know why he's still in, honestly. I thought he would be out before Ron Rivera would be, but that's kind of not our place. Yeah. But I mean the Yeah, we yeah. don't we don't make the big We're not, we don't not make jammed, the decision. Yeah, no. <laughs> um but the the uh college football power rankings came out. Um you got everything stayed the same. You have Ohio State first. Well, top four, yeah, yeah. Yeah, top four stayed the same. Ohio State one, LSU two, um, Clemson three and Georgia four. Bama U- was the big talk of this week. Ooh. Lost to Auburn. Um, got honestly trounced by Auburn. It was a good game for a little while. But, but it looked like Auburn definitely had the the over. The oh game. yeah, oh yeah. And it's crazy because Alabama is usually the the team in that Iron Bowl. But it's all. But the past couple times, like, what's the Auburn's head coach, Gus Muschamp? Maybe. Uh, what is that guy's name? Yeah, I. But while he's looking that up, the the Auburn head coach has more victories against Alabama than any SEC coach, which, like, he has three and the other guy has one. Or anybody else. All of them combined, they all, they all have one. Okay, his name is Gus. Mazan. Mazan. <laughs> I was close. Um, but – the the talk of the town is Alabama's. This is not the Alabama Invitational, like Shannon Sharp says. I don't think it's the Alabama Invitational. It's just Alabama's the host. They just not coming this year. Yeah, um, and dude, they rank number twelve. I've never below seen that. below Auburn. Below Auburn, which is Auburn is like eight and three, and Alabama's nine and two. But Alabama's losses have been way bigger though. Yeah, and I don't know though, like. Auburn's a good team, and the other loss was against LSU. Now, they were by large margins, but you're talking about prob- probably two number 10 teams. Yeah. In the Auburn games, like, team, yeah. they're, they're, not, they're not to the same competition that the other teams are. But this is a big week for all four of them. Um, we got conference championship week. Dude, conference championship week is, to me, my favorite just because it is when you have – the most unpredictability yeah. other than the college football playoffs. Let me just read off some th- some games that we have, and I want to get your take on who you think's got the upper hand. All right? So, we got number five Utah going against Oregon. Who you got? Who you got, Gabe? I got – dude, I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with Oregon. Okay. Mm, I like that. What you got? Hey, I think Oregon – Justin Hubert, I think this can be his, like, I'm pro-ready, guys. Um, yeah. I got, I got Oregon as well. 
Justin Huber got this. I think I, I, I would agree. I think Oregon definitely is probably going to have the upset here. I honestly, like, even though Utah's five, like, honestly haven't heard much about Utah. Like, yeah. the, I didn't even know that they were good until they showed up they number six one of, week. They have a lot of playmakers and stuff. Um, if everything is projected right, LSU beats Georgia, and Utah was going to sneak in. But, I mean, yeah. Well, that kind of leads me to my next thing. Who do you think is going to win versus LSU versus Georgia? Do you think that Georgia is going to pull off the upset and beat probably the uh, arguably the best team in college football, or do you think LSU and uh and yeah. LSU's gonna yeah. pull off. <laughs> we got you. No, like we were saying a, f- a few a few episodes ago, Georgia always seems to come up short. I don't see that changing. Yes, I think Georgia is gonna come up short. But Adam, what do you think? Um, I'm gonna go LSU. I think LSU got this. I think this is LSU's year. Did you know, we were talking about this earlier, the last time LSU won a national championship was 2009, same year the Saints won the Super Bowl won. Uh, the Super Bowl was in Miami. This year the Super Bowl was in Miami. LSU wins the national championships. Maybe the Saints, you know, go win the Super Bowl in Miami again. A little voodoo magic. You know what I mean, brother? No? So, All right. <laughs> all right. I, I don't think – I don't believe in superstition, by the way, or luck, or – Trends, so I just don't believe it. Um, if somehow Georgia and Jake Fromm pull off one of the biggest upsets of the week, does LSU stay in the top four? Well, real quick, I think if Georgia wins, I think that raises Jake Fromm's draft stock a oh, whole yeah. bunch because Jake Fromm, I think he's one of the most pro-rated quarterbacks this year. He's been kind of under the radar with Joe Burrow and Tua and all that in SEC. He's a really, really good quarterback. I really like the kid, and I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him be the heir after Drew Brees for the Saints. But um, if four beats one, two, if, yeah, four beats two. Nah, nah. I think they're, I think they're gone. Yeah. So if if Utah wins. And say, for instance, and we'll talk about them next, say Utah wins and Oklahoma wins and LSU loses. So just to kind of go over Oklahoma, Oklahoma is versing probably the toughest matchup that they'll face. They're versing number seven, Baylor. Baylor. And so so Utah, number five versus Oregon. Oklahoma versus six. Oklahoma six versus Baylor seven. And then if Georgia loses, that automatically and honestly, Clemson versus Virginia. Virginia's ranked twenty third. I think that that should be a cakewalk for Clemson. And if they lose, they're completely out of the running. Yeah, that would. Clemson had a very, very up and down year. They were ranked like number six at one time. But honestly, the only the, the only person that they like got a run from was. North Carolina, like North Carolina, was two points away from beating them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. For a point. Uh, yes, a two-point conversion away yeah. from beating them. But like, nobody else really like the Gamecocks. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, but they they put a mollywop them on them. 
Um, but I think that it should be interesting. So if you had a hypothetical scenario of Georgia losing or Georgia beating LSU and Oklahoma's Oklahoma wins and Utah wins, who is because say Ohio State wins, Ohio State would still be one. So let's Clemson would be two. And Georgia or Clemson might be state three, and Georgia might be two. Who is like your that, four? Is it LSU? Do you think Utah or Oklahoma? Um, you know what? Because I know, because because Utah is such a no name team, and like I'm not trying to like any Utah people listening to us. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to put you guys down. The there Mormon too. land, yeah. <laughs> but like, because Utah is just like. Uh, I think if Jalen Hurts makes it, I think it'll be a great better story. I think when people will watch if Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley, because uh, Lincoln Riley, I mean, he's he's up to dude. If he, I mean, he has two Heisman winners. He's been in the been in the playoffs once. Jalen Hurts looks amazing. He's looking to be a head coach probably. What do you think? Lincoln I, Riley I, somewhere in in the NFL. Yeah. I don't trust college college head coaches yeah. in the NFL because it's a whole different system. I mean, dude, you look at Oregon. Like, Chip Kelly was the man. He went to the Eagles. <laughs> and Chip Kelly literally, like, dude, Chip Kelly had all the, like, pieces to be a contender and go to the Super Bowl and just choked it out. But, buddy, who do you think would be your fourth seed? So, one one more time, kind of a recap. Um, Ohio State wins. They stay at one. Uh, Georgia beats LSU. They would be two or three. Clemson wins. They stay two or three, whatever it is. Who's your number four? Um, I would, I would, I'll stick with LSU. Okay, just because they're the production they've had all year. I mean, you can't really, like, you can't really you know, bump them out of the top four for that. I think so. Okay. Now, the same question that I had for you for LSU, Georgia, I have for you for Ohio State, Wisconsin. Ohio State by no means has a cakewalk this week. They're going against Wisconsin, which beat one of my favorite teams, Minnesota, this past week. So if Ohio State somehow loses, do they stay in the top four? So LSU, let's say LSU wins, and so it's kind of the same scenario. LSU goes one. Um Ohio State loses. They're at, they're possibly four, five, six, somewhere in there. Um, Clemson goes up. Technically, Georgia would be out. So, three and four would kind of be up in the air. So, where would you rank Ohio State if they lost? Um, I believe Ohio State is the best team in the in like I think they're the best team in the nation. So I think Ohio State before. I do think Oklahoma still beats Baylor. I don't think they beat them by much. I think it's, I think they beat Baylor, and I think Oklahoma would be three. So I think I think one one LSU, two Clemson, three Oklahoma, four Ohio State. Okay, what about you? I I agree. I agree that they're the best team. They have potentially the number one pick in the draft yeah. in Chase Young. Chase Young. And then um, they have what's, a lot of stars on that team. Justin Fields, like he's he's a dog. And what's like, the running back's name that went for like J.K. J.K. I think Dobkins, Dobbins, Dobbins or something like that. Yeah. Dude, he went off this week too. He had like four touchdowns or something like that. Uh, I I think that it's going to be interesting to see. Um, 
if I were doing it, I would have LSU. I think LSU is going to win this week. Um, LSU one, Clemson two. I would go Ohio State three, and I'm going Utah four, just because I can't talk myself into you don't have number LSU one or Georgia. No, I think Georgia's losing this week. You, I don't think you said an SEC team, did you? LSU. Okay. LSU one, Clemson two, okay. uh, Ohio State three, and Utah four. Okay. Um, and just because like I can't see, <clears throat> I can't see Oklahoma winning and um, and Utah winning, and Utah get completely just skipped when they're versing number thirteen Oregon. It's not like they're playing. North Carolina school for the blind, but sixth grade and seven, man. I think, and I think that Baylor team's underrated as well. I think if Oklahoma, I think, bro, I'm telling you, man. Like I remember a couple years ago when Alabama shouldn't have made the, the college football playoffs. It should have been Ohio State, and Ohio State didn't get in. I think just because Alabama had the, the greater story. I think, man, the storyline makes money, man, and I think. If Ohio, Ohio, if Oklahoma beats number seven Baylor, I think they're going to skip Utah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Definitely. So, I I think that this week's going to be interesting. Um, I think that, dude. You know what I'm excited for to see these interviews, dude. Because, dude, Coach O has got to be. Yeah, I think we're better than (laughs) Dude, but kind of off topic here. But you know who else is my favorite interviewer? Jamal Williams. Dude, did y'all hear his interview this morning where he was talking about rain and snow and stuff like that? And when it was raining, he felt like he was SpongeBob. And when he was and when it was snowing, he felt like he was old. He said it's Olaf time. Dude, I was so weak when I heard that. Dude, all right, no laughs right, other than Buddy. Adam, you look stone cold. He's, he's corny. I think it's hilarious. I think he's corny. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm hilarious. I agree. I don't. <laughs> Jacob, I've had you in tears before. I don't know about all that. No, 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 whatever. But I think that I think that it's going to be. I'm excited for this week, dude. I am too. I think it's going to be a lot of great football, NFL, and college. I I just, you know, I think we need to get together and have like a big sleepover. And I mean, we haven't talked about it, but our the 49ers are going against the Saints. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. I mean, brother. And I'm much to talk about. Saints thirty one. Saints thirty one seventeen. Thirty one seventeen. I'm going forty. I'm going twenty four twenty one forty niners. I'm going. <sighs> you don't believe that. You didn't believe that when you said that. You you was kind of shaky there. No, I I believe it. I think this is gonna go to overtime, and we're gonna see a Will Lutz game winner. Hey, brother, I can see that actually. Brother, that happens. I mean. <clears throat> I was thinking about this the other day. Let me fix my lips. Um, I just think that – I just think something against the Falcons, we can do the exact same thing as 49ers. We can get the ball out quick. Um, I don't think the rushing game is going to go well for us. You know what I mean? Uh, I think their defense – I think y'all defensive line is too great. To, they're going to stop Latavius. They're going to stop Alvin Kamara, I believe. Dude, Latavius Murray's a big dude, though. He is like, pretty big, dude. I remember, I remember Marcus back in the day would use the Raiders just to run people L- over. L- Latavius Murray. Latavius yeah. Murray. Um, I think, I think. Um, on the flip side, though, I think we're gonna stop your running back by committee. That's what the Saints defense is known for: stopping the run. 
So I think it's going to come down to two things. I think it's going to come down to who's the better quarterback, and we all know who that is. Jimmy G. All right, we're gonna act, we're gonna act like you didn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gabe, Lemmy Hoff Jr., Philip, Lemmy Hoff Jr., Caleb, uh, <laughs> Gabriel, Philip, Lemmy Hoff Jr. Yep, get there it right. Go. Yep. You won this week, which is a <laughs> rare feat in the lock of the week. You tell so, Gabe, you are four and eight. Adam, you won this week as well. You are eight and four. I am seven and five. I lost. Again, but so Gabe. my bad, my bad. What my bad? Pause, pause, pause. What are we winning if we have the best record? Because now, well, now, I mean, honestly, at the beginning, I didn't care. Now I'm winning. I kind of care what we're winning. I don't know. Well, it, at, if you recall, for those loyal listeners, at the beginning of the year, we said that whoever had the most points at the end of the year got a WWE championship belt, but. We kind of lost track of the points. Actually, I was winning on the points two to one against Gabe, but we kind of stopped doing it. I think we should just not do the points. I think we should just do the records because the records are working out. So we remember the records every year. So I think the losers should have to, you know, do some. No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't (laughs) be the loser. It should be the winner gets something. I think the loser has to do like some like. I think the loser should have to ask out the girl of the winner's choosing. That's a good. That's a good idea. I think. Dude, we already know who. All right, fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. Listeners, if you're listening to this. <laughs> so the winner. Give give us some of your ideas and we'll talk about them on the podcast. But I think that's a good idea of the loser. Has to. Probably, <laughs> so against the winner. Probably <laughs> has to pick the girl that. Uh, I don't know if that's kind of fair because I have a girlfriend, guys, and I can't be asking out girls and stuff, you know? Well, you're in first place. But I'm saying, what what happens if Buddy goes off? Dude, there's no, four actually, more games. Yeah, there's no way. So, <laughs> you could win. So, there's no game. I mean, I there's no should... way that you could win. The only thing is whether I finish in first or you finish in first. So you tell me Buddy's going to have to ask out. Who Somebody else? from one of us. Well, yes. me. Me. You know me. I'm having You'll be asking out Blaze. <laughs> I don't know, Blaze. All I know is <laughs> that you'll be asking out some miraculous I'm, female. I'm I'll making, find the, the prettiest thing no, out there. I'm, if, I, if I win, I'm making Gabe ask out just somebody at a Sovi or a Crown. Because I think that's more nerve wracking for Gabe than asking out somebody he knows. No, 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 it, no. If with me, he ain't gonna be. No, he ain't gonna. No, no, no. She, she's gonna be a complete stranger. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I'm down. So going back to this, <laughs> Gabe, who is your lock of the week? I'm taking the Titans over the Raiders. By two and a half. Okay, I like that. I like the Titans. I think they are going to win this division. I think I that's a good. That. I think that's a good pick. I'm going for mine. I, I, I my bad. I just my bad. I just had like a little half a cent. I want to put in there. I don't know. The Titans are better than the Texans, though. That's all I gotta say. Go. I'm. You can't just say that and then not do anything. I mean, but I just think I don't think the Titans are better than the Texans. I I, I agree. I agree. But for me, my lock of the week 
is I'm going with the Lions covering the 13-point spread against the Vikings. I think that the Vikings are good, and I think that the Vikings more than likely will be win this game, but I don't think it's going to be by 13 points. Like, the Lions, even though they're not the greatest, they're still not a bad team. Um, and so I think they can cover that 13-point spread. Adam, what you got? I got my New Orleans Saints being the 49ers, even though my prediction was 31-17 in favor of the Saints. Um... They're in Vegas, two and a half points. So I have the Saints beating the Vikings, two and a half points. 49ers. I'm sorry, 49ers, two and a half points. Actually, I think that's kind of disrespectful. I think the fact that the 49ers, you don't say anything. I think the fact that the 49ers are in the same conversation as the New Orleans Saints is disrespectful. New Orleans Saints, we've been in the playoffs the past three years and very high seeds, my ask. We've won our division. We went out. Of, we went out of the division three years in a row. Might I add? Then we're the first team in the playoffs. Let me just say that. Okay, Boomer. I'm 19 years old. Thank you very much. <laughs> and all I'm saying is, where y'all been the past few years? At the house. Hey, we've been racking up draft picks. House. You kidding me? At the Boy, house. Boy, hey, we've been getting Nick Bosa. We've been getting everybody. At and y'all, y'all been doing that at the house. <sighs> Yes, but we are going to start a dynasty. The dynasty of the 49ers begins this year. The same way, the same way you guys do Tom you, Brady. You, you do and, realize that you guys could like not make the playoffs. Because you guys are the second in y'all division. Nope. And the Rams nope. are only two games behind Whoop. y'all. Nope. Whoop. <laughs> nope. The beginning of a dynasty. Kyle Shanahan is the neck bill ball check. Jimmy G is Tom Brady. So, yep, you heard it here first. <laughs> Here's the problem, man. Speaking of outlandish, speaking of outlandish as, scenarios. As long as you know what you just said was outlandish, that's it. We're good. Bro, man. Adam, Terrell Pryor got stabbed. He did get stabbed. <laughs> and then and got then arrested. He got arrested. I think, like, hell no. I would have raised hell. <laughs> if I'm on the hospital bed and I see uh, it happened in Pittsburgh and I see the Pittsburgh Police Department walk in there, time out. Pittsburgh Police Department, it would be PPD. <laughs> PPD. We're the PPD. And they came in there, bro, and it was like, Terrell, you're under arrest for assault. Huh? Thank you. I'll be like, huh? <laughs> Y'all see I have a I, I mean, got assaulted. <laughs> I'm in critical condition. <laughs> like, I have a hole in my side. Yeah. What are you talking about, dog? Like, like it's going to be a minute before I can get up and move again. Y'all arresting me for assault? Oh, Terrell. Terrell, Terrell, Terrell. Spe- also, speaking of outlandish scenarios, Carmelo Anthony got Western, <laughs> Western Conference Player of, the week. Player of the Week. What do y'all think about that? Dude, I like Adam said earlier, it's just sympathy. Like the NBA apologizing to him for, like, or just, yeah, the NBA apologizing to him. There's no way he should have won it over James Harden, who who's averaging 60 like, piece in three quarters. Yeah. Or even Luka Doncic, who's like yeah, averaging 30, 10, and 10 the past week. So it's, it's just like sympathy, dude. It really I don't know, is. But Melo. I think a lot of teams are going to be kind of sorry because Melo, 
Melo's that veteran in your t- the veteran like in your locker room is gonna be like, hey guys, like everybody slow down, like we got this deal, like. And I just think that how he, I think I, just, I think it's crazy that he went almost two years not on the team. And the crazy thing is, like, he played for Chicago, and then he was traded to the Hawks, and he never played with either one of those teams. Yeah, it was a money trade thing. So I just think it's crazy. I think, I think that he had been way better than like Jared Dudley for the Lakers. I think him, Lamelo, and LeBron would have been great together. But, you know, it's life. Yeah. Nothing more to say on that. I mean, shout out to Melo. He's doing his thing. Trailblazers, they needed him. He's providing, so. He is providing. I think the tw- I think 20 points. Um, I just think, yeah, James Harden is dropping 42, but, like, you got to give it to Melo, man. Melo, he came back, and he's proving people wrong, and that's what I like about him. I really, I really respect that. I think Melo, Hall of Fame player. You know, I think that he. Oh, I think for sure. I think that he is definitely. Let me ask you a question. Your daddy's the offensive coordinator, and you're a quarterback. <laughs> in your senior year, and he starts two freshmen over you. What are you saying? To your daddy. I'm never coming to a Thanksgiving meal <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm gonna say, y'all get. I'm changing both names, first and last. You know what? Maybe even a middle for the trifecta. And I'm never coming to a Thanksgiving Which meal is again. Crazy because like, can you give that real life scenario? Oh yes, um, Jake Pitley. Um, his dad's not the offensive coordinator, but he's the offensive coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks. We, um. <laughs> And he has two freshmen above him right now. And he's thinking about transferring. I think the I think one of the first spots he's going to is Utah. Because the people believe that if he goes to Utah, if they have a, a veteran quarterback out there with those all those playmakers, they could win a national championship. Which if Utah wins a national championship <laughs> this year or next year, that's wild. We have to stop and be like Man. What's going on? <laughs> like, man, like, people. I bet you ninety five percent of the world doesn't even know that Utah Jazz have an NBA team. Like, I mean, the Utah is like like have an NBA team. Like, like it's ridiculous, man. Like, I don't know. Jacob, we looking at your phone. There's something going on. Can we talk about? So Villanova just beat Michigan. Oh, that um, sucks. But, dude, or not Villanova, Louisville. Louisville beat them fifty-eight to forty-three. That is a terrible score. Yeah. I don't know whether we're just desensitized to the NBA, but like fifty-eight to forty-three is a high school level score. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one thing about college is college they do twenty-minute halves, and you know the NBA is forty-eight minutes. Yeah. And I don't know. There's a lot of in college. I watched the Bahama. The Bahama. Uh, like a Lance's four tournament over Thanksgiving. And a lot of the college like plays are just kind of like the players that come down, they kind of swing the ball, and then someone jacks up a three. I'm like, what Spe- is this? Speaking of the Bahamas, the Bahama Bowl, 
the UNC Charlotte for the first time in school Nine. history. Go 40 Niners. 40 Niners. For the first time in school history, is bowl <laughs> eligible. For the first time in school history, is has a winning season. And just like Jacob Miller's luck, after he leaves the school, they go. I'm sorry. After he leaves the school, they go to the playoffs or get a bowl eligible. Yeah. Every single every single middle school, high school, college, everything. Shout out to that man, Will Healy. He came in here and got the job done. Yes, sir. And it's it's only up from here, you know. I think I think I think <laughs> that the coach is real. The one that came from James Madison last mm-hmm. year. I think that he's going to do a great job, and I'm excited to see where he goes. Well, I think you see Charlotte. I think they have a big issue. One, didn't you guys say there's a player that's from like? Where, didn't you say there's a player that's from somewhere else? His name was Luca or something like that. Oh no, that's basketball. I know, but I'm just saying. Still, didn't you say? Yeah. Where, where is he from? I don't know. Like I was saying, <laughs> my God, Charlotte's the biggest. Charlotte is Charlotte. Not Charlotte. Charlotte's the biggest. City in North Carolina. Oh, wait. And most of the time we have a football team from Charlotte in the Final Four in the pl- football for football and a basketball team in the Final Four for the state championship. And for baseball, really, we have some great baseball team programs here as well. And you see Charlotte, they're going out to different countries and going to Georgia and South Carolina looking for players. How about you look in your backyard? But I think yeah. that the problem with Charlotte is we just don't have a reputation. Like, like – Nobody is going to pick UNC Charlotte, even though we have the highest number from Charlotte. Nobody's going to pick Charlotte over NC State or over North Carolina or Duke but, just because we don't have the reputation that none of those places do. But scouts needs to, UNC Charlotte scouts needs to start going out and putting in the message that, like, 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 you, like, you can like, change our program completely like, up. From, you're going to put up. Insane numbers. Insane numbers here, yes. And like, you're gonna be our guy. Like, you're gonna, we're gonna make sure you get to the NBA. We're gonna put, we're gonna put all effort into you because you're gonna be our star player, man. Like, there's too many really good teams here, and you know, in Charlotte for no one to come to UNC Charlotte. From players from other countries come to UNC Charlotte. I just think it's ridiculous. That's just my, that's just my thing. I do think I am. Congratulations, guys. I uh I'm not a Florida Niner alumni or student, or maybe in the future, but uh, I am really excited. You know, UC Charlotte started in 2014, and you know, five, six years I, later. I watched back, their f- 20. Well, their first game. The, I watched their first Division One game. Really? Yeah. They well, went two and zero in their first Division One game, then never won a game after that. I think I think it's really I think it's really really good that uh, usually it doesn't happen. Well, that a team like they turn around so quickly after five years just getting their, start, their program started back up. So, kudos to you. Congrats. I wish I can clap, but I have a mic in my hand. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, guys, I got a good one for y'all today. I got a good line, pickup line for y'all today. All right. What is it, brother? <clears throat> All right. Here it is. So, you're walking down the street, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yep. The then you see a beautiful female walking towards you, right? And you are going to cross paths. You know, it's inevitable. Inevitable, right? Okay. And so you stop her and you look confused and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for directions. I'm looking for directions. And she's going to be like, 
Directions? Directions where? And you know what you say? Your place? Nobody. Then she's going to no. run. <laughs> yes. That's what? Run. That's how a girl gets kidnapped. Yeah, man. Trafficking is way too high. Tra- sex trafficking is way too in high. In Charlotte, right in particular. Cultural insensitivity, buddy. Man, y'all just made my pickup line like, y'all made me feel bad about <laughs> no. my pickup line. It's okay. I mean, it was very clever. I liked it a lot. But I mean, it's more like a joke thing, you know? It's not like. I got one for you. So I was watching this guy do a poem or whatever the other day. I actually stole from him. I don't know his name. I just heard him say this part, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty dope. So you go to her and be like, girl, you so fine. You're the reason God cussed her the first time. He made you. And the angel was like, damn, I'm good. That's that was dope. not good. I think, no. Don't Jacob. blaspheme my God like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, it's been a good week. <laughs> All right, buddy, in the south. Just remember to all our viewers out there around the world. James Harden is better than Giannis. We're not starting this, not today. Okay, I'm sorry. Go back to the stay tuned next week. All right, all right, just remember, you are not just welcome here. But the Saints are better than the 49ers <laughs> Can he please finish it? I'm sorry. Continue. Not only are y'all welcome, but you're wanted. All of you. Every single last one of you. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm an atheist. <laughs> no. I'm joking. I'm not an atheist. All, All right, right folks. Y'all have a good All week, right. man. Have a good week. Roll with us.